Hey, I'm Reggie Joyner, and um, it's good to be here with you on Parent Q Live. I get to work with a great team of leaders that I just am fortunate to be around. And one of the things I'm really excited about after being a parent for 30 years and having four adult children is that when I get to hang around leaders like these leaders today, although we don't know all the answers, we, we feel like collectively we can learn more about how to be a family and how to do family better. And so today I'm here with John Acuff. John Acuff is a New York Times bestselling author. He's fun to follow on Twitter um, at John Acuff. And you might want to check out his blog as well at acuff.me. Uh, you want to spell that for us, John, to make sure we get it right because I know that you have some unique spellings on your name. I don't know that I'd say unique. I'd say best. Best. Um, I feel like John's that spell with an H are hogging that H. You've got a Hannah. She needs both of those. Okay, got it. And so it's J-O-N-A-C-U-F-F as in Frank. Because sometimes people hear S. So on the phone I have to say F as in Frank. But I wish I had a G in my name and could say G as in Nat. And there you have John Acuff, ladies and gentlemen. The thing that we love about John is he's been friends for years. Uh, We love hanging out with him. He's one of the writers on the Parent Q blog. And as well, John is a professional father. Yeah, when you say it that way, I feel like I have a sponsor, like NASCAR. (laughs) Like when I take my kids to the park, I'm like, get those Oscar Mayer hot dogs out. Circle hashtag. So it feels very complicated, but it's not. We're also glad to have Kristen Ivey here. Kristen Ivey has worked at Orange for almost a decade. I love the unique mix that she brings. She's a mom with two small children. Uh, she's a small group leader of students. How long have you led students in small groups? About 15 years, a little About over 15. 15 years, so over half her life she's been a small group leader of high school students. She's also a teacher in high school. I went to Baylor University, then to seminary. The thing that I love about Kristen is she's one of our our best writers on our team. Uh, She helped us this last year co-author a book called Play for Keeps, which literally kind of unpacks the six things that we need to give kids over time. Um, I know that you have two great kids. Yes, I do have two preschoolers, so it keeps me very busy. I don't have a unique spelling to my name, so I don't really know how to. But you're play very busy. That. Your bio is always yeah. like she's also an astronaut. Um, <laughs> she found a rock on Mars that is that just changing the that, energy crisis. It just means it took me a long time to figure out what I really wanted to do in life, John. <laughs> I had to read your book to figure out how to stop a few things, oh, start good. something I love. Good, yeah. good. But you found it out, and here yeah. you are. The three of us have been working on the Parent Q blog for a while now, and we're excited to get to know you a little better. Uh, if you'll give us some comments there and just uh, help us know what kinds of things would help you do family better. When we do the Parent Q Live, we definitely want to start off every one of the Parent Q Lives giving John just a chance to jump in and give us some ideas about social media, because I know that's a big issue in families today. So, John, tell us the latest and greatest on, on social media. Well, it is a big issue, Reggie, and it's one that whether I'm at a conference talking to parents or whether I'm sitting around the dinner table with, with neighbors, it's a topic that keeps coming up. And I think the first thing I would want to say, if you only gave me one thing that I got to say to parents would be, you don't have to be an expert. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> I think there's this overwhelming pressure that you have to be more tech-savvy than your kids. And oh, I'm wow. just here today to release parents from that pressure and give them the freedom to know that they will never be as tech-savvy as their kids. It just won't happen. I mean, if I started learning karate at 30 and my daughter started at 4, in the long run, who's going to be better at karate? I got an email address when I was a junior in college, and I didn't think it would work or last. (laughs) And so parents, just hear that. You don't have to be as tech savvy as your kids, but here's what you do need to own. Here's the thing you do need to lean into. You need to lean into the truth. You need to establish, okay, regardless of what new technology comes out, because there'll be a new one by the time you're done listening to this. 
Here are the rules our family runs by. Here's the things we care about. So honesty, for instance. Yeah. Okay, we are a family that believes in honesty and communicates with honesty. So whether that's Twitter, whether that's Snapchat, regardless of the platform, we communicate with honesty. And if you can establish a base, then every new technology just filters through that base, filters through that idea. And so that's what I'd really encourage parents first. If I can only tell you one thing, I'd release you from that pressure because what happens is that it's just like anything else in life. We don't like to do things we're not good at. Mm. So what do we do? We usually become ostriches and we stick our head mm -hmm. in the sand and we ignore it until something is on fire. So parents, don't do the all or nothing thing where I have to be a tech expert mm -hmm. tomorrow right. and, and know everything or I just won't ask anything. Now, you've got to find a place in the middle and that middle place is truth. And sometimes I think, don't they, they kind of like to be able to teach you about their world. I find with technology, sometimes when I'm working with students, it's fun when I ask them questions because they enjoy the fact that I don't know something that they know. They light up. Right. And they enjoy teaching me something new about it. So Yeah, it actually like, can become a great connection point to admit right. I don't understand what you're doing with this hologram right. or what, whatever it is. Because I'm sure at this point my eight-year-old right. is programming holograms that are scent-based <laughs> and release a smell into the universe. Sure. I mean, she's ahead of me. And you're right. It's a great connection point if you approach it the right way. Right. Well, I like what you say about not being an ostrich because I do think there's a tendency for some parents to not even touch it at all. And that would mm -hmm. be a grave mistake, too. It's a it's a huge mistake because not only are you missing the the connection point, but you're giving your kid this very vulnerable access to the entire world. Wow. And if we if we treated it like the world, you'd never say, "Hey, just give your ten year old access to the whole world and hope that everybody in it is nice." <laughs> That's great. Thanks so much for that tip about social media. And and our hope is that at every episode we we bring up an issue related to social media because we think it's such a critical critical thing. Uh, for us as families to learn how to do together and for us to learn how to do better. Now, I know that today um, one of the focuses we want to talk about is the issue of respect. Um, every parent deals with this issue. Every family deals with this issue. Every parent hopes that as their kids grow up, um, this idea of respect, this word respect, becomes more than just a vocabulary word. And sometimes when we talk about issues like this, I think they just kind of land flat either because we've talked about them so much or because the word is defined with a definition and kids just kind of think it's something that they're supposed to learn and repeat, but not something they're actually supposed to demonstrate or live. And I always want to push us to think in terms of how can we make a concept like respect something that is a true value in a home or a value mm -hmm. in a family so that kids embrace it. So as they grow up, it becomes a reality in their life. So one of the questions I love to start off asking about when we're dealing with a character issue is why is respect important? Why is this issue of respect a real critical thing that we should actually have a discussion about? Well, and I think it is an interesting word because it does conjure up big thoughts. Um, you know, respect sounds like a granite word to me. There's a judge mm -hmm. in a robe mm -hmm. and it's respect. And it feels, you know, teaching a little kid about it almost feels like asking them to wear their dad's suit <laughs> to a dance. You know, the clothes don't fit right. But right. the way I look at it is that respect is important for children to learn because childhood is about practicing small things that'll be big later. That's good. And I think respect is one of those small things to a child's life that's going to be really big later. And so I try to look at it that way with my own kids so that when we ask them to do something simple, like pick up their shirt and respect that request and re obey that request, part of it is so that later if they were running toward the street and we asked them to do something, right. they've already practiced obeying and practiced respect. And the other thing is on a larger scale down the road in a bigger way, they're going to have a boss they won't respect right. someday. I mean, I would love to it's think good. that every boss they ever have will be amazing and 
they'll, they'll just be the best boss ever. But that's just not how life works. And so part of my job as a parent is while they're in my house and while I have that, that close living in the same space relationship, I prepare them for all the other relationships they're going to encounter. So, yeah. so in essence, what you're really saying is that what we do now with a kid at this stage, whether they're two or six or 10, will have an impact on their future. And sometimes as a parent, when you're in the middle of the normal day, it's just hard to remember that you are impacting their future. Absolutely. Sometimes um, when I'm talking to high schoolers, it's interesting. One of the issues that comes up a lot is that I want for them to respect themselves whether that's in how they're dating, how they're posting pictures online. And so we have a lot of conversations about how you respect yourself. And when I back up with my own kids, um, I think it's true that the way I teach them to respect others now will help them respect themselves later. Um, because ultimately, I think respect is really about teaching them that um, people have value beyond their actions. And you're, you're communicating to them that, hey, maybe this person did something that we don't approve of or we don't like, um, but that doesn't devalue the person. Um, you can still respect that person. And that's important because as they get older, you know, they may do something that, that they don't like that they did. Um, maybe it's they just failed a test. Um, maybe it's that they did something in a relationship or whatever it is. And if you want them to be able to wake up in the morning, you know, I want my kids to look in the mirror and go, hey, whatever it is that just happened, that's not me. I can still have respect for myself. I know that I still have value. And I think part of that's tied to how you respect others. When you respect others, I think it helps you learn how to respect yourself um, in a healthy way. And I think that's important to show both sides of respect. I mm -hmm. think the other reason respect's tough is that culturally we say things like, you got to earn my respect or I, I won't respect you until you respect me. And it becomes this exchange mm -hmm. and this, this right. barter system almost, this right. violent barter system. Um, and I think it's important to note it is about other people, but it's also about you too. Well, and if you believe in a creator, I mean, if you believe that there's a God who actually designed and made the people who are around you, then respect is a very, very core issue because it's a reflection of how you are treating something God made. And that includes yourself as well. And I, and I, you know, I don't want to just bring up the God card to play it. I think at the end of the mm -hmm. day, you know, how we view God affects how we view other people, and how we view other people will affect how we view God. And so I think that somewhere along the way, as parents, we're teaching kids just like you would hand a child something that's valuable, that is important to you, and say, "Be careful with this and handle this with respect." God has handed us to each other to say, be careful at how you treat other people. And that's kind of core to this as well. So, you know what? That's the why. The why of, of respect. But let's talk about the practical side and, and how that looks. Because some parents are sitting there going, okay, I kind of know that. But what I really want to do is figure out how to get my kid to be a little more respectful. And you said something interesting while ago, John, that I, I'd like to jump off on. You said that earning respect mm -hmm. is kind of a myth. So when you're talking about how to show respect... How does that affect? Because I can't say to my kid, well, you should respect me because I'm your father. Yeah, it, once you've gotten to that point, there's trouble. I mean, we see all those T-shirts. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. And that's about, you better respect me because I own this T-shirt um, or, or this mug. And I think that you, the way I look at it is a really simple how, a really simple thing you can do is help your children see the bigger story. And, and by bigger story, I mean it's really easy to disrespect somebody whose story you don't know. They become an idea, not an individual. That's good. But when you can break it down and say, okay, that person that might have said something mean to you might be growing up somewhere where a lot of people say something mean to them. Mm 
mm-hmm. and how do we understand their story a little bit? And, and that to me, a story helps generate respect. It helps you reclaim that respect versus saying they've got to earn it by their actions. And according to what standard, if you get to that place, now you're earning respect against my secret, invisible, personal, broken standard of respect. And so I think it's much more important to say that person has a story What's their story? That's and that'll right. help generate respect. That, that is just such a wise thing for every one of us to remember every time we're with anyone is that there is a backstory that we don't know and we should just assume it's there and that some of their behavior reflects that. And maybe we just choose to give them the best possible reason for their worst behavior based on a story that we don't know. That's so what, what's, another, what's another how? I mean, I have small children, so in my home right now, I'm living with these little sponges who watch everything that we do in a way that's really intimidating. Um, Sometimes when I think about it, it's just scary because they're listening to everything we say, watching everything we do. And so I think it really is about how we model it for our kids um, in the way that we treat each other or in the way that we you know, talk about our own parents, their grandparents. I mean, whatever it is that we're saying in our home, they're picking up on that. um, And they're smarter than I think sometimes we think they are. So... um, it's just about how we model it, I think. Well, I think in the modeling aspect of it, another kind of sidebar that I would add to that would be be careful that you don't take sides against someone who's an authority over them. I know you're a school teacher, and I can't count how many times I was tempted, you know, because my kid was upset with a teacher to kind of take the side of my kid, but I would always remind myself that's the worst thing I could do because that would just undermine the authority of the teacher. And all teachers aren't right. All parents aren't right. Right. All bosses aren't right. So at the end of the day, this is about teaching them how to respect people, not when they're doing everything they're supposed to do, but sometimes simply because they're in a position of authority. When I would add to Kristen's comment, um, it's even how you treat your neighbors. Yeah. You know, it's it's gossiping at the neighborhood pool about somebody who's not there. And, and you're right. They, they are picking up on that. And I think that's what's neat to me is that I think all three of the house tie together. Uh, I recently um, wrote, a, wrote a blog article in Parent Q about a conversation I had with one of my daughters in relationship to dating. And one of the things that she said that I thought was interesting was that um, she would drop a guy or stop dating a guy based on how he treated his mother. Hmm. Because I think, again, there's a core issue there that he, she would watch him model respect. And actually I, I saw her really get upset with a guy one day because of the way he treated a waitress. Because again, that's a signal. That's a signal that there's something broken in the respect category and that one day if he would do that to a waitress or do that to his mother, he'd probably do it to her. Well, and it's also a, a signal that he's practiced that. Right? Right. We talked about the, the why. My why was because you're practicing. So if a guy is mistreating his mom and he's 25, he's had a quarter century of practicing being a jerk. <laughs> that's a free dating tip, ladies. If you happen to be a single parent right now, that's a bonus. That's good. Thanks so much for sharing this conversation today and talking about respect. I know that um, as parents, I hope we can all do family better in this area. And in just a second, we want to talk to you about one more thing. But before we do that, here's something we want you to think about. Hey, what you do this week matters. 
and the Legacy Countdown app is a free tool to help you keep track of how much each week matters. All you do is put in your child's graduation date and you'll have a countdown clock reminder right at your fingertips. Now, this isn't meant to depress you. It's a reminder that each week you are making history and creating a legacy. So we hope you'll go download the free Legacy Countdown app from the Apple or Android store. So you can always be reminded that what you do with your kids this week matters. We're so glad you participated with us in this episode of Parent Q Live. And, and hopefully you know that the issue of respect and all the issues we talk about on these podcasts are connected to some bigger principles uh, that we feel like every parent should know. And if you don't know anything about who we are or what we do, we'd love for you to just join us on our blog, theparentq.org. And specifically, look for the five principles of parenting, and it'll kind of explain to you the big picture of why we do this. At the end of the day, we hope to give you some important information a little bit at a time to cue you as a parent so you can do family better. 